Rural Queensland today, a Australian Meat Industry Council CEO, Patrick Hudson, joining us this morning. I tell you what, you want to talk about a bloke that's had some stuff going on in the last couple of years. This bloke, he's been at front and centre for every single drama. Uh, he joins us this morning. Patrick, mate, you need a break, brother. Gee whiz, it hasn't uh, stopped for you. No, Dobbo, no, just the hits keep on coming, but uh, that's what uh, that's what happens in our industry. And uh, as long as uh, long as farmers are keeping making money and everyone's uh, making money through the supply chain, then uh, you know you're going to keep having issues. And but uh, it's all uh, it's all for the best. We seem to have got the FMD under control to a degree. There's no two ways about it. The you know very very obviously on notice, but. I applaud the Labor government because they actually did do a fantastic job in trying to get this under control in the sense and, and the attacks that was coming from everywhere else. But they seem to, at this stage, have got it under control. Look, it, it, the situation is is that it's, it's a, an incursion of a disease in a foreign country. So you know, we're limited in what we can do and how we can do it. The thing is that we've got to be a great neighbour, not just because it's good for us, but it's also good for them. And so I think that we've been working through that exceptionally well with the Indonesians. I think that the hysteria has been the thing that's certainly calmed down. People have taken a breath and looked at everything and looked at the risk factors. And we've been able to explain very clearly to people exactly what risk actually means and what risk is actually going to or, or could incur and what we would do about it. But there's a Senate inquiry going on, 70-odd submissions, and I'll be down there on Friday giving our uh, uh, giving our information. So, look, I think that we're going to learn a lot from it. Um, but, uh, look, there's been some good outcomes from it as well, including a heightened sense of biosecurity on farm, which probably hasn't been there in the past. Yeah, you did right. Um, China is a huge market for us at the moment. The appetite for beef is breaking records this year. And the next big item will be coal. But China reported 274,000 tonnes of beef from around the world valued at $2.65 billion. Now, they're sourcing most of its beef from South America nations, South American nations like Brazil, Argentina and Uruguay. When do we get more into there? And how and how do we go about that? Yeah, great question, Dobbo. Look, we've got a very good relationship uh, from a market perspective and from a perspective with China. Um, business to business has never been better and I know that uh, you know there's a lot of people that uh, certainly talking about it the uh, we at the Australian Meat Industry Council we're having a big national leaders dinner tonight down in Canberra and part of that's going to be talking with the trade minister and um, and part of that's going to be about where to here with China I think that we continue to forget that China is still taking about 150,000 tonnes of beef from Australia every year. It's certainly down from uh, the 300,000 tonnes, but look, it's a, it's, a, it's a market that ebbs and flows and has ebbed and flowed for a very long time. So whilst America, uh, south and north, is making hay because uh, the sun's not shining on Australia at the moment with temporary suspensions, I think as we move into the future, if, uh, with a better relationship and a better understanding and better dialogue, we'll be able to ensure that we can provide the confidence that China needs in our systems and get these people back into the market. Yeah, these discussions that go on with China, and, and obviously we've seen, look, there has been some fallout pre, more post the actual incursion of COVID, and whatever, whoever lays blame, I'm not going to get into that. But the wine industry took a hit. You know, we've had some industries and, and some areas take hits. Do you think all is forgiven and that they realise now that, you know, we are a trading partner and that that things might just come back around a little bit better than where they were or have been the last couple of years? I think we've got to remember, uh, Dobbo, is that that China is the biggest bureaucracy in the world. So, and everyone wants a piece of it. 
it's not like that uh, you know that we're just the only ones waiting in line, or we're the only ones that are uh, that are working and operating with China. So we've got to recognise that um, you know we've got temporary suspensions, and that they need to be lifted. But in order for them to be lifted, um, you know we've got to first then have the relationship that allows dialogue with their. Um, uh, you know, with the uh, general uh, administration of customs and trade, uh, GACC, over in China. And what that would then do is allow us the opportunity to then provide more evidence and more confidence. But we've only seen a few weeks ago when all of a sudden out of complete nowhere, um, there was a rumour that all of uh, agricultural exports from Australia and New Zealand uh, were going to be banned. Now, it was a hoax, yet media in Australia ran off with it then all of a sudden that we're attacking China and China's attacking us and it starts all over again. So yeah. these are the sorts of things that uh, sort of, you know, it's the one step forward, two te- steps back mentality that unfortunately at the moment with our relationship with China, uh, trade is collateral damage and it continues to be so. Unbelievable. Now, th- there also is the the foreign chore and you can say, people can say what they want, but talking to, to beef processors here in in Queensland, and I'll say, JB, they are not making money. It is a proper tear-up at the moment. So I understand, I understand that everybody says, well, it's got to turn, but we actually need processors and the graziers to be all making money, and at the moment it's very still in one favour. And I don't know how long it's sustainable without work, the working, working shortage and with also the prices at the moment. It is not boding well for the future. Yeah, look, Dobbo, I mean, the, the, the key thing is is that we actually want to see strong price for cattle. That might sound counterintuitive, but actually that's where we get our raw material. So, you know, the, the, it's unlike mining where the miner who is taking it out of the ground also owns it all the way to the boat. So there are different intermediaries in between. So that's where we've got to be making sure that throughout those intermediaries that they're making, uh, they're making money. If farms are making money, they're reinvesting, they're growing herds. Our biggest worry at the moment on the horizon continues to be that we're staring down the barrel of a worker shortage. We're probably only going to kill about 6.15 million cattle in Australia this year. We're struggling to meet that, and the forecasts are saying to us that probably over the next three years, that could rise by another 15%. Yep. Now, if we don't get this right, what we will see is potentially what we've seen in the US, where the packers all of a sudden are, you know, potentially still making the same money that they have. Food inflation keeps price high, but in fact, livestock price is low because there's too much of it because we can only process a certain amount because we don't have enough people or people are still sick or uh, or a whole range of things. So that's why AMIC is working with the NFF and working with the, the minister. And you know we've, we've started down a tripartite process with unions as well on having the discussion of what we're going to do in order to ensure that we can be encouraging people into the industry, back into the industry, together with an international workforce to create a permanent processing workforce in this country that will allow everyone to make money, but more importantly, to then also ensure that people continue to be confident that we can supply the world because we're the most reliable supplier in the world. And if we're not doing that, then other people will take their place because we become unreliable. And that's the thing that we've got to make sure that we recognise and underpin. Otherwise, if we become unreliable, then people will start to then make decisions and that will have an impact long into the future. How are we going to fix the working shortage? It is 
you know, it is a huge worry. Yeah, look, we, it, it is about a permanent workforce. So everyone needs to take a huge breath and then take a very blank sheet of paper both go in that tripartite area that I just previously discussed of industry, government, and, and union to a lesser extent, and turn around and then say, what are we going to do in order to ensure that the people who are currently employed stay employed? And that is about ensuring that we can increase our capacity to its levels that also then underpins our farming fraternity across Australia. In order to do that, we need to recognise the permanent workforce is not one that's heavily taxed. So if we're having to pay extra money for the same person from an international uh, an international setting because that's an artificial intervention to sort of force us into hiring local workers who potentially don't want to work for us anyway, that in turn is just stifling the market and inevitably what's going to happen is no one's going to be getting any money, government, uh, uh, union or um, industry. So we've got to wake up to ourselves, recognise that we are producing food. So whilst we saw in the job summit, there was a lot of talk about IT, especially, we don't eat microchips. We eat food. So in order to ensure that we continue to keep eating food so people who do make microchips actually can continue to do so, we need to then be underpinning our food supply chain. And to do that, that permanent workforce has got to be local and it's got to be international and it's got to be recognised for unskilled, semi-skilled, skilled and highly skilled. And we've all got to be pitching in and making the effort because if we do... Farmers right through to eat uh, consumers in the supply chain will be the beneficiaries. Yeah, well said. Appreciate your time, Patrick Hutchinson, as usual. Uh, Amex CEO, thanks for being with us this morning. Cheers, Dom. Always a pleasure, mate.